Hi, and welcome to episode two of the In-Laws podcast. We're back. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the unspoken roles of law school. Yeah, and I'm Sophia. I'm Brianne. So did you, I definitely didn't know any of these before I started law school. God, no. I knew nothing. I was completely ignorant to anything about law school. Like, I did not know what the classes were going to be like. I did not know what the people were going to be like. Nothing. I knew a little, I knew what the classes were going to be like because I took law classes, but they weren't taught in the Socratic method. So I could read case law, but the whole cold calling thing was not (laughs) not prepared for So I think the first set of unspoken rules and probably the set that has the most rules is like in classroom decorum because people do not know how to act. People be wilding. They do. And it inconveniences everyone else. It does. It can go from like just annoying to like outright terrible. Like, it can literally go from just annoying to being, like, completely racist. Especially if you have a professor that just, like, lets the students get off track and just keep rolling. Google UNC law racist. Um, I think it'd be fun if we just went back and forth. So, like, I give a role and then we can talk about it and then you can give a role. Just mm-hmm. to see if any of ours differ. And I think there's potential we have conflicting opinions about some of these it's possible (laughs) so my big rule this is one of my biggest classroom pet peeves once you enter law school the word skip should not be in your vocabulary if you are cold called and you say skip that's like the easiest way to lose the rest of the class and it's a pet peeve for me because at least at my school you always have the option of emailing the professor beforehand and being like, hey, I didn't get to do the reading. Mm-hmm. So it's like, grow up. Take accountability. Tell them you didn't do the reading. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying to me. And then to not even like try to bullshit your way through it, to just be like, skip. I think it's a pussy move. <laughs> Marks. Pussy. <laughs> It is. I think it's a bitch-ass move for me. <laughs> I personally, I would not have, like, the balls to say skip. What do you mean? Um, I think my, like, best example of this is last year, my Civ Pro professor taught two sections. And my section, like, everybody always tried. And this professor, like, he will guide you. So, like, if you truly don't know, he'll literally say, like, look at this page, this paragraph, read it to me and tell me what you think now as you read it or whatever. Like, he'll be super nice about it. And in the other section of the same exact class, people would say skip, like, all the time. And he would let them and then he would say, talk to me after class. But it happened all the time in that other section, but not my section. And my whole section was like, how are they like getting away with this? Because none of us like would have dared to do that. And nobody did. So it was like a weird difference in dynamic. I agree. I think I would be stunned if I heard somebody say skip. I'd be shocked. It's only happened to me. I've only heard it maybe like two or three times throughout all of law school. 
and they've all been the same guy. So he just, he just doesn't want to be cold called. Like he, I just like, I, I don't know. And I've never talked to him about it because sometimes I will confront a bitch, but (laughs) I have, like, I have talked to people about things that they do in class that I think are not the greatest, but when people just say skip, I'm like, that's, there's nothing we can talk about because you just don't, you just don't care. Yeah. It's also like saying skip is the only way you can really lose participation points. Yeah, literally. If you bomb a cold call, you still get those participation points. You tried. And honestly, I forget about almost everybody's cold calls. Like there's very few that stick out to me and I just like forget who said them. But I'll like remember the words. And I'm like, whatever. I remember one cold call and I don't remember who it was. And the question they were asked was not about the case. It was like a general knowledge question and they got it so wrong that I still remember it. <laughs> what's, what's your first rule? <laughs> um, I would say when somebody asks like a hyper specific hypo that you know is not relevant at all to what you're talking about. Like it's one of those things where it's very obvious that person's wheels just like kept spinning, kept spinning, kept spinning. And they like, can't let it go. And I'm like, that's the perfect time for you to take your ass to office hours. Like that's the perfect time for you to go. And like, that's something that you can really like get, like dig into with the professor. Like it's not, this not class time because if somebody doesn't understand now we're all confused. Yeah. I also have that on my list. Um, I think you should limit yourself to like one hypo a week max and that's like that's a hard limit you should really try to be under that otherwise just go to office hours you don't need to waste your time you're wasting everyone's time literally literally Ooh, this one's actually this is spoken at my school but i don't think it's spoken at other schools uh right before finals my fall semester 1l year we had admin members actually come and tell us like when you're finished the final don't talk about the substance of the final with anyone and don't tell anyone your grade and I think those are really good rules to follow and I'm really glad I did my section listened to it we all did that and I think it was a lot healthier because I wasn't like dwelling on things I think you freak yourself out when you talk to other people about it oh yeah absolutely but I don't think that is a spoken rule at other schools. I think um, it depends on the professor for sure at my school. Like a lot of people would say like, don't talk about what happened in the final, like right after the final, which people are, people did anyways. And like some individuals had meltdowns like immediately after we got out of finals because people would be like in our lobby, just like talking about it. Or somebody would say like, oh, I thought that was so easy. And then there's somebody who thought they like failed it. So it would just be like a shit show first semester, especially like after, after fall finals, people were just like losing their fucking minds. And I was like, I'm going home. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. I think you, you turn in your exam and you make a beeline for the exit. Like you should not stop. Yeah. You're going to want to talk about it because you want to talk through things. But 
I think it's just going to hurt you in the end, especially if you like hit a problem where like you said something different from somebody else and both of you like strongly believe that you were right. Like that is going to send you into a spiral. Yeah. it. I think it's okay to talk about it. Just talk about it with someone who is not a law student. Yeah. Like the amount of complaining about finals that my boyfriend has heard, it goes completely above his head. He doesn't know what I'm talking about, but I just need to get it out. Yeah. To anybody besides a law student, anybody besides a 1L, you could rant to your like mentor or whoever, yes. like somebody else, just not somebody who's in your class, who's going through the same thing as you at the same time. Right. Or even when you get to like being a 2L or a 3L, I think you can rant to other 2Ls or 3Ls not in the same class. Just don't freak yourself out. Yeah. You're just gonna, you're gonna spend a lot more mental energy on like stressing about things when you should just really be focusing on your next final. Yep. I don't know. What's my next one? I'm trying to think of like what kind of like sets me off in class when people do it. Oh, when somebody in class, like somebody's either asking a question or answering a question and people in the room are obviously like dissing, like disagreeing with them. Like people shaking their heads or like, mumbling and talking and stuff that is so discouraging because imagine you're sitting there like trying to give your best answer and the people around you are like like waiting for you to be done so they can raise their hand and be like actually yeah so that's actually a conversation that I've had with someone um because in remote classes you would get cold called and you would be trying to answer and then you could see people start raising their virtual hands. <laughs> and it dings every time, doesn't it? It doesn't ding on ours, thank God. Um, but you would see this person and this person would always raise their hand like seconds into someone getting cold called. Oh God. And would only do it with specific people. It's like, it became obvious that you think this person's not going to get the answer right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is just like, if that ever happened to me, I would be so, I'd be mortified. Yeah. Just don't do it. Also, I don't know. If if a professor's cold calling, let them cold call someone else. Why are you so eager? Why do you want to participate so much? Like, I think it's one thing if you have a question but if you're trying to answer when somebody else is answering, why? Like, just let them have their turn. Right. And you're not saving anybody. You're not saving anybody by trying to interrupt their cold call. No. If you if you were trying to save someone, you volunteer to answer it before there's a cold call. Yeah. Exactly. And like, there are people who do that. Some of the biggest gunners during one all year are the people who save my ass as an upperclassman because they want to volunteer. And you know what? I love them for that. Yeah. Because I did not feel like talking today. Say your piece. Do it. There was somebody in my contracts class who, like, actually two people, they, like, carried the fucking class. Like, nobody ever knew what the fuck was going on or, like, where we were at, but they always knew. So whenever our professor would be asking questions, they were answering. They were like the only ones answering. We were all like, yeah. 
Get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that for them. Understanding contracts. <laughs> God bless y'all for real. I didn't understand contracts and I keep telling this to one else because they're freaking out. I didn't understand contracts until the literal last week of classes. It's like, it's enough. All I know is a mistake is a statement not in accordance with the facts. So the, I think what really threw me was my contracts professor started with damages. Oh no. Which I don't know. It was like, I, I was so lost the entire semester and like, I understood everything as it was happening and had no idea how it related to each other. Right. Like here are all the pieces, but they're all just sitting in these are the pieces. There's no sculpture. <laughs> That's exactly how I explain it. Like, I think as long as you, you get the right puzzle pieces throughout the semester, outlining is when you put the puzzle together and you're like, oh shit, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's why you need to outline <coughs> early as hell. Oh God, early as hell. Yeah. But that's, yeah, I didn't understand contracts basically at all. I only have one more when it comes to like classroom stuff. Okay. And this is, I, I'm curious to know if this happens at other schools. People who downplay how hard they're trying and you know they're lying. What do you mean? Do you have so people, I've seen people come to class and be like, oh yeah, like I didn't do the reading. I literally just looked it up on Quimby like two seconds ago. And then they're like volunteering for half of the class. Like they definitely did the reading, probably looked at a supplement too. Now, why the hell would they do that? That's just weird. Like, why are you trying to set a vibe when it's like when you're making it obvious like it's one thing if they're like oh I didn't fucking read and then they like get an A in the class that's different yeah when you the like oh I'm barely trying when everyone knows they're trying pretty hard right that to me is so I don't even know it's just like annoying I don't think it's like insidious or anything I'm just like, why? What is their plan? Like, what what are they hoping to accomplish? It feels, <laughs> it feels very like, I'm not like other law students. I don't try. I'm just like naturally smart. <laughs> I just really absorb material. I think people do it on TikTok too. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I think people try to make it out like, oh, I don't even care. Like, I'm just here to like vibe and whatever. Girl, I know your head is in those books. I know you're reading that short and happy. Literally. Mm. You're reading something. There's no way you guys are all going into your classes not reading shit. Like you're reading something. Right. No, because why is that a thing on TikTok to be like, going into my class, didn't even read. (laughs) Yes, you did. You read something. You did. If you did it and you're consistently not going into class reading things, why are you in law school? Like, honestly, why are you there? Right. Actually, I posted, I do, I try to do this once a semester where I post like my reading load for a week just to give people like an idea of the different workloads as a 1L, 2L, 3L because they're so different. 
And someone commented and was like, good for you, but I'm watching Quimby on two times speed. And it's like, congratulations. First of all, the classes I'm taking this semester are not doctrinal classes. I'm taking like poverty and policy. Yeah. And like, babe, I'm doing those readings because I like them. I think they make me a better person and a better lawyer. I think they're important. But if you want to like, hee hee, I'm so cool. I don't read. Good for you. Literally. There have been times where like, I haven't read the night before, but I'm getting my ass to school early as fuck. And I'm saying I didn't read. Now I need to read before class. And then I read before class. And there are times when I haven't read. Like I just straight up haven't been able to read. But I emailed the professor. I said, hey, this is what happened. I couldn't get to the reading. You look on Quimby. You ask your friend, hey, do you have notes I can borrow today? And you try to follow along as best as you can. Also, that's why getting outlines early comes in clutch. Because if you hit a point, like, say you get COVID like I fucking did, at least you have somebody's outline and you know what section that class was supposed to be on or the class that is like your first class going back to school or whatever you know that that's the section that you were supposed to know and then you can catch up. You can at least like do a little review, do a little something. Yeah. I actually think that's a really good segue into another unspoken rule that I have, Um, which is not necessarily classroom behavior, but share your outlines. Mm -hmm. I, I hear all the time about people at other schools being stingy with their outlines. And that is not the culture my school has. It's not here at all. Everybody shares everything. Same. I I volunteer outlines probably like three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. Literally. If I find out that somebody is in the same section with somebody else that I'm sending something to, I will just add them on the email without even telling them. And I'm like, hope this helps. Yep. Literally. This is what I got for you. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> Right. We also like, we have a lot of outline banks. So like, even if I didn't take that class, I'll be like, I can find something for you. Right. I'll help. Honestly, that's just another gatekeepy thing about school. Because what I heard coming in, this is actually one thing I did hear about classroom etiquette, is that sometimes people will like sabotage you in class or they'll like fuck up an outline on purpose to confuse you or give you wrong answers, blah, blah, whatever. And I was like, that's one fucking crazy. And two, I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a high rank school type ish with weirdos. And I got to school and literally nobody is like that. Like the only reason why an outline might be wrong is because a statute changed, a law changed, a policy changed. Like, that's really the only reason why something isn't correct in an outline. So. Yeah, I heard similar stories, like people hiding the supplements in the law library or like ripping out pages so other people couldn't get it. And it's like, that does not happen. No, no. I mean, people get like more competitive second semester of 1L because grades came out, people start talking, people get nervous. It's OCI season. But there's never been a moment where I felt like people wanted to like sabotage each other or 
hurt each other or like make each other feel bad over those things. It's more just like people start to feel that internal pressure and also the external pressure of like knowing information about people around them. Like, oh, this person got a really high grade in this class and X, Y, Z, but it's never like had an outward manifestation like between us, I guess. Yeah, I think I actually didn't feel more pressure in my second semester, but I think that had a lot to do with me being remote. I know other people did in other sections. Um, And I think that might have to do with they knew each other in person for a little bit. They were like, they were just talking more about things that my section refused to talk about. So like, I didn't know who was interviewing with who at all during OCIs. You're like, okay, have fun. Good luck. (laughs) I know that my ass put in a bid for one OCI and I did not get it, but it's okay. Cause my, my best friend actually ended up with the job. So whatever. It's just not that serious. Like if somebody is taking things so seriously to the point where they are not giving you an outline, messing up an outline or just doing some weirdo shit, you need to avoid that person at all fucking costs. I think you can also, I I think that's something to go to your Dean's fellows about or like your mentors about. Yeah. I'm going to say this is alleged. It's alleged. Allegedly. Allegedly. Last year, someone else at my school had a study group that they were being pretty exclusive about. And um, we're asking for, I heard, undergrad GPAs, LSAT scores, basing it off of how well they thought people did on cold calls in class. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. The people in the study group, they denied that. They said that is not what happened. But other people in their section say that's what happened. So who knows? Um, But don't do that. Literally. There's somebody who, (laughs) she was at my school. She doesn't go here now. She went to a different school. She's transferred after 1L. Um, But she had a spreadsheet and she would be click clacking on it in class. And she kept track of everybody's cold calls. And she made up her own scoring sheet. So she would score everybody based on how she thought their cold calls went and keep track of the data. Well, yeah, that's fun. No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) At all. (laughs) At all. Uh, Bars are another, another unspoken rule. Don't ask people if they pass the bar. Don't do that. That's painful. There are also some states release a list of everyone that passed, which I I would be so mortified if other people were able to see if I passed the bar before I saw if I passed the bar. Yeah. And then like talking to each other about it. Listen, I love when people post that they've passed the bar. It makes me really emotional. And like, I get really proud of people who have 
<laughs> I don't <laughs> know. know. <laughs> don't know them like that. Um, but every year I hear people, especially people on, on social media talking about like, I failed the bar and people are asking me if I passed. Like, just don't do that. Just don't do that. I just feel like people need to mind their business. And I'm kind of an ignorance is bliss kind of person. I'm like, if you're chatting shit about me, like do it. That's fine. I just never want to hear it. I never want to hear from anybody that you're doing it. Keep it to yourselves. Yeah. I agree. Like, I know people are talking shit. I don't really care and don't make me care by telling me what it, what it is, like who's doing it or whatever. Why did you tell me? Unless it's one of my friends saying something about me. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. With your life. You're allowed to dislike people. I don't need to be aware that you dislike me. Do we have any other unspoken rules? I think there's, first of all, I think we could do a whole another episode on like unspoken rules of summer associate positions. Oh yeah, absolutely. I did not know anything going in. But one that overlaps, I think, is like, don't get blackout drunk at REU. Don't do that. No. You don't want to be the one. No. You don't want to be the one. No. Maybe. Also, school networking events. Like, oh. you can have a hee hee ha ha moment, but if you're somebody who you know it, like, either shows in your face right away or shows in how you talk right away, you should not be risking it just for, like, to be drunk. Like, honestly. Like, you can have a fun time and you can get tipsy or whatever and talk to lots of people and have a great time. But you should not be getting to the point where you are obviously intoxicated. I didn't even think of that because there's no alcohol at our networking events. Oh, uh, it's always there and everybody gets two free drinks. Oh my God. Yeah, and people will like, they will hoard their tickets or people who don't drink will give other people their tickets. So then some people will like pick a certain event to get like really drunk at. Whoa, that's, don't do that. Yeah, we're we're a public school. There's no alcohol at our events. Um, and I'm thankful for that. But I do think like at networking events, obviously like that can have an impact on your future job prospects. You never know who's going to be there. Mm-hmm. At bar review or just like generally, I think anyone in your class can report you to the bar. <laughs> Maybe just, like, be mindful of that. Like, you don't realize how small the legal field is until you're working in the legal field and you realize all the attorneys know all the other attorneys, which means as you're coming up as a lawyer to become an attorney, everybody's going to eventually somehow know who you are. I don't know through how many degrees of Kevin Bacon, but they will find out. Mm-hmm. So even if you're doing some fuck shit and it's just your classmates that know, your classmates are going to know that forever. Your classmates are going to know that when you graduate and when you're applying to somewhere that they're working at, they're going to know and they're going to remember. And undoubtedly, there is someone in your class that is keeping receipts. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've seen it. 
I've seen the person in my class who keeps receipts. I respect the hell out of it. It's quite, it's, it's quite the collection. <laughs> I know that folder is thick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just like be, be, be a little mindful of that. It's not like you can't have fun. It's not like you can't be yourself around other people, but you don't need to tell all. You don't need to show all either. I'm like, I I post a lot of stuff, but I, I never post anything that I would be embarrassed to be sitting in a conference room watching on the wall. That's what I think every time I post something like mm, a little bit. I'm like, would I be able to handle watching this video with like admin or something? Like, would I be able to handle that? And if I can't, <laughs> I'm not posting it. I think I got a real, real harsh awakening to this. And not even like, I didn't even post anything like bad towards other people or anything. But I literally posted on TikTok, like when that like smasher pass on the Disney filter character was going around. You know this, you know where this is going. I posted it in between the second and third round interviews with my law firm <laughs> and I get on the screen for the third round I'm with a bunch of attorneys and the attorney is immediately like oh I know you from TikTok I've seen all of your videos two days ago I was like the hunchback of Notre Dame smash <laughs> just like playing in my head the entire interview oh my god that's that's a that's a tame one that was like a little embarrassing exactly and you got your taste of embarrassment nothing detrimental to my future exactly people are people are not thinking honestly people are paranoid about the wrong things to me I'm like, you bitches are worried about getting murdered. You bitches should be worried about getting a job. (laughs) Worry about yourself. Worry about your future. I wish I knew this stuff before I started. I wish I did. I came in like no knowledge about anything at all. All I knew was people would be sad and crying and stressed. That's what I'm mentally prepared for. Sad, crying, stress mental breakdowns I didn't have any mental breakdowns about school but I did when I was like because I made a very tight-knit close group of friends like pretty soon into school and I'm not somebody who like sticks with the same people always like I have my groups of friends but I'm like the bouncer like I go between people I have like very close friendships like one-on-one with people like we don't have a friend group like we're just friends on our own and that shit was stressing me the fuck out because I was like I do everything with the same people and I can't make other friends and that's like the only thing that I like freaked the fuck out about but it ended up being fine so we made it through but school itself was school itself was not my stressor (laughs) I I think I prepared for the kind of avert competitiveness that we talked about like you're you're told people are going to be hiding books and trying to sabotage you and blah 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 Mm -hmm. I didn't 
know and I wish I knew how subtle the competitiveness can be. Yeah. It's it's really a mind game. And there's I I don't think there's a whole lot you can do to avoid it. No. I think that just is another reason why you should honestly just focus on yourself. Like focus on your classes, focus on your grades, focus on your connections with people, professors, attorneys. That's like it's really what matters. Like your grades matter to a degree. And your networking matters a lot. How people perceive you matters a lot. And if you're just like not fucking doing anything because you think other people are going to do better than you just because of like their cold calls or how they talk about things or whatever, you would be shocked by the amount of people who don't really speak up in class and end up doing really well. And my professors have told us that like countless times. They've been like, there are people in your class who will never speak um, whatever, like they'll do fine on their cold calls, whatever. And they'll do great in class because they know what they need to do and they're locked in. Mm-hmm. And if you're not locked in and you're caught up in all the hoorah shit, get it together. That's my message to you. Get it fucking together. Yeah. I always think let yourself be a sleeper and let people underestimate you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they think of you. It really doesn't. And they will find out eventually if you're doing well. You don't need to be the one justifying that to anyone. So just keep to yourself. You don't need to talk about your grade. You don't need to talk about how much you're studying. You don't need to talk about, you know, I already started outlining. Keep it all to yourself. Literally. And just do your own thing. And you'll be good. I, I say this all the time and I told my friends right away, I was like, I'm not going to be that person that tells you any of my like school information. Like not a single person at school knows any of my grades. I mean, besides admin who can like access that shit, but nobody at school knows my grades. Like not a single student, not my mentor, nobody. My mom knows because she had to put it in so I can get my car insurance discounted. But like nobody knows besides school and work. Like that's, that's it. And I plan on keeping it that way forever. Yeah. I think there, I was that way during 1L. No one knew my grades at all. Um, I think things started to change halfway through 2L year. And it's, I think still no one in my class really knows, but I think it can be a really good mentor moment to mm-hmm. talk openly about your grades with people who are younger than you because people f- like freak out especially people students who come in who've seen my tiktok who like know what jobs i've had what i'm doing after graduation they will like assume that i am like number one ranked in my class right and to be like hey like i gotta be in property can be like very calming to them. I agree. And I also think I I do it sometimes on TikTok to, I think, point out where people have a lot of misconceptions. So both like assuming that I must have a 4.0 and go to a T14 to get the job that I got. Right. Or on the opposite end, before I had this job, people assuming that I was like, 
bottom of my class because I was in public defense. And it never makes any sense. It never makes any sense. (laughs) So I think I can like talk generally about my grades and be like, hey, like here is this in relation to what I'm doing and here are all the misconceptions that you have. Right. But I would never tell someone in my class what my grades were. No, that would honestly like stress me out. Some of the grades in our school are published because we do participate in Cali Awards. Mm-hmm. So, like we know who got the highest grade for every class in every section, which is like whatever. It's very predictable. Like the same people get them over and over. So it's like not really that interesting because you're like, okay, that person is smart. They're a good test taker. Congratulations. Um, but like when it comes to school, one of my mentors told me all of her grades for 1L. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. And I knew what she was doing for work. So I was like, okay, like that's, that's chill actually. Like that, that is comforting. I mean, I, I just don't think I will because I don't really want to hear about it or hear about other people talking about my grades. And I know because of like where I worked over the summer that people assume that they're like really fucking good anyways. So I'm like, I'm going to let you assume whatever you think mm-hmm. it is that got me there. And I'm going to let you live with that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I, I was a big fan of letting people in my own class just assume. Just assume. Okay. The gist of this episode was... Don't be an asshole, I think. Have courtesy, like have sense. Please have common sense. Right. Just think about what you're doing and how it might affect other people who are at a very sensitive stage of their life. One of my professors told us he was like, 95% of you that are here are probably like people who did really well in high school, people who did really well in undergrad and have always thought of themselves as like smart as fuck, school came easy, whatever. And he was like, but the other 5% are the people who are going to bust their asses. And the people who are busting their ass, those are the ones that you need to look out for. Not in like trying to encourage competitiveness, but in like a perspective, like you can't just come to law school and think you're going to be fine. And you can just like do shit the same way you did before. Like you can be a naturally smart person and do horribly in law school. Like, it's not just about being smart or, like, things coming easy. It's about being smart and applying it. And you can't do well if you don't apply it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that wraps up the unspoken rules of law school. That was an intense episode. It was very intense. And I didn't even spill any law talk tea. (laughs) I could have. Um, Join us next week. Where we'll be talking about something else, (laughs) but have not decided yet.